Welcome to the Oceans Church Podcast. We pray that as you join us for this message, you are blessed, encouraged and empowered to bring the kingdom of heaven into your spheres of life. Well, tonight I am going to be sharing around the idea that God wants to change your full stops into pit stops. Everyone say full stops into pit stops. There we go. Okay, I'm going to explain it in a bit of a second. So, so often you parents will agree with me and you'll resonate with what I'm saying. You're going to relate to it in a second. You get the kids into the car, and especially when the kids are younger, it's a lot of effort to get their seatbelts on, let me tell you. And so you get them into the cars, and you're headed somewhere, and you're on your way to your destination, but along the way you have a pit stop. You pull off into Woolies just to get some food, or you pull off to get some fuel, or you drop something at a friend's place, and you haven't reached your destination, but you pull off into what you intended to be a pit stop, and all of a sudden your kids click, 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 they undo the seatbelts, and they're getting ready to get out of the car, all of a sudden the doors are opening, and you go, no, 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 hold on, this isn't our destination, this is, this is just a pit stop. And so often we can do the same in our life. God has got a destination for you. He's got desires and plans and good things for your life. But so often we mistake what is a pit stop. It's just part of the story as the full stop. This is the end of the story. This is the way life is always going to be. in Whatever area of life that you might need to see God move in and you decide that this is the way life is always going to be. I'm my, this is my full stop. I'm living in Woolies Car Park from now on. This Woolies car park isn't your destination. God has got good things for your life. And so we're going to read through Luke chapter 1 and God's going to speak to us through it. And tonight I want to show you that God wants to do the impossible in your life. Maybe there's been some things that have become a full stop, end of story in your life that have been impossible for you to change. You've tried to change it and it hasn't happened. Maybe regarding finance, maybe you're, you're single and you're, you're praying for that partner in Jesus' name. Amen. Can I hear an Amen. Okay, if you said amen, just look around the room. All right, just take notes. Um, <laughs> hey, you're married. Come on. What's you guys at the front here? Josh. Okay, we'll have a chat later, Beck. All right. <laughs> but God is in the business of doing something beyond what you can do for yourself. Because he loves you, he cares for you, he wants to show his power, and he wants to change your full stops into pit stops. Amen. And so we're going to read through Luke chapter 1, starting from verse 5. We're going to miss a few verses for the sake of time, but we're going to read through it. And so this is the chapter. It begins, When Herod was king of Judea, there's a Jewish priest named Zechariah. Everyone say Zechariah. Zechariah. He was a member of the priestly order of Abijah, and his wife Elizabeth was also from the priestly line of Aaron. So Zechariah, get this. This is the full stop sentence. Zechariah and Elizabeth were righteous in God's eyes. No, it's not. It's the next one. Careful to obey all of the Lord's commandments and regulations. This is it. They had no children because Elizabeth was made unable to conceive and they were both very old. Full stop. End of story. They had no children. Life had passed them. They were old. There was no pit stop. That's the end of the story. However, one day... Zechariah was serving God in the temple, for his order was on duty that week. And while Zechariah was in the sanctuary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him. Zechariah was shaken and overwhelmed with fear when he saw him. But the angel said, don't be afraid, Zechariah. God has heard your prayers. God has heard your prayers. 
You know, I don't know when Zechariah might have stopped praying, whether it was when he was 40 or 50 or 60, but he was very old. And I assume that there became a time where he stopped praying and he hadn't prayed for a long time, but God heard his prayers. You know, sometimes you might forget the prayers that you've prayed, but God remembers. You know, your prayers are powerful. God hears the desires of your heart. He knows you so intimately. God hears your prayers. Sometimes we're like, where are you, God? But can I tell you tonight, God hears your prayers. He knows what you need in your timing. And so he said, God has heard your prayers. Your wife, Elizabeth, will give you a son, and you are named to name him John. You will have great joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth, that he will be great in the eyes of the Lord. And so Zechariah said to the angel, well, how can I be sure that this is going to happen? I'm, I'm an old man now. Now, the plumbing's not quite working like it used to. And my wife is also well along in years. He's like, but what about the full stop up there in that sentence? What about, I thought it was over. I thought the story was over. I'd given up on that years ago. And then the angel said, I think Gabriel, Gabriel got a bit moody after this. He's like, then the angel said, I am Gabriel. Come on. I stand in the very presence of God. It was he who sent me to bring you this good news. Get with the program. But now, and we see he's a bit moody, but now, since you didn't believe what I said, you're going to be silent and unable to speak until the child is born. For my words, or really the word that God delivered through me, for my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. Everyone say proper time. Not my time, not your time, the proper time. Oh, the proper time. <laughs> And when Zechariah's week of service in the temple was over, he returned home. And soon afterwards, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and went into seclusion for five months. And when it was time for Elizabeth's baby to be born, she gave birth to a son. And when her neighbors and relatives heard that the Lord had been very merciful to her, everyone rejoiced with her. That is a good news story. Woo! So there was what they perceived to be a full stop in their lives. They had no children because Elizabeth was unable to conceive and they were both very old full stop but that was not the end of the story God never intended them to live in the Woolies car park God had so much more for them that was not the end of the story and eventually God spoke through the angel Elizabeth got pregnant and she had a child in the Bible talks about our life has been like a race it's like a marathon and sometimes along the race we can confuse pit stops as full stops. This is the end of my story. But there are seasons in our life that God is at working in our lives. And so maybe you, in this season of your life, look at your life and you feel like there's barrenness in certain areas of your life. Where you think, God, I haven't seen God move in these certain areas of my life. Maybe there's dreams or hopes or desires, maybe desires and dreams that God has given you that you've concluded is a full stop. Maybe again, you're thinking, I'm single now, I'm going to be single forever, full stop. Maybe my friends, certain friends and family, I know I can be tempted to do this, don't know God, full stop. And we think that it's never going to change. Maybe you've been hoping and praying for open doors, opportunities, but the doors haven't opened, the doors that are going to remain closed, full stop. Maybe there's certain addictions or things and cycles and patterns that you're in and you've concluded or the devil's lied to you and said, it's a full stop. This is where you are going to remain forever. I don't know what it means for you, but I'm sure that right now there's something, some areas in your life that you feel like might be barren. But tonight, God wants to change it. Tonight, God's going to shift things 
And God is shifting things. Tonight God's going to deposit hope in your heart that things do not have to remain the same forever. But God wants to release the supernatural power of God into your life to do what you can never do on their own, on your own. Elizabeth and Zechariah could not conceive on their own. It was impossible to do. There's certain things in your life that are impossible for you to manipulate. You might have tried. You might have exhausted yourself trying to make things happen. It's so frustrating. You get to the end of yourself. And now God's saying, give me space. Give me room. Let me do it. And man, when God moves, nothing can stop the power of God in your life. And so what can we learn about faith from this chapter? And, And the key is what part can we play? Because we've all got a part to play in changing our full stops into mere pit stops. And the first key that we need to, to learn is to learn to listen. To learn to listen. Everyone say, listen. <laughs> listen. Zechariah and Elizabeth, they listened to the Word of God. The Word of God was deposited in their heart. Faith came about and they got pregnant with John the Baptist. So you get this, the only thing that has miraculous power to produce life in your life is the Word of God. Nothing else can produce a miracle in your life, not us jumping up and down, trying harder, squeezing out. It is the Word of God that has the power to release the miraculous power to breathe life where there was no life, for the impossible to come about. The Word of God has the power to change things. And what we need to do is to learn to listen out for the Word of God. See, around this time that Elizabeth got pregnant, Mary got pregnant, the mother of Jesus as well. And as the angel spoke to Mary, an angel appeared also to Mary and said, you're going to give birth to the Son of God. She's like, whoa, that's a bit of an upgrade on John the Baptist. These were the words of the angel. The angel said, what's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say that she was barren. People used to say there was a full stop. People concluded, I don't know what people have said about you as well. You know, people can say that you're barren or this is where you're going to remain. This is who you are. And our self-talk also can lock ourselves into a place of the full stop, of barrenness. This is the way life's always going to be. We believe the lie of the enemy. Other people used to say she's barren, but she's conceived a son and is now in a six-month. She's got a bit of a belly. For the Word of God will never fail. It was the Word of God that never failed. It was the Word of God that produced life in her that could not be achieved on her own. The Word of God will never fail. It's the Word of God in your life that will shift things that you could never shift on your own. It is the Word of God that does the impossible for us. Hebrews 11, chapter 11, verse 3, it says this. It talks about the power of the Word of God of God, of God's words that He speaks to us. It says, by faith we understand that the entire universe, all the stars, all the galaxies, solar system, the world we live in, everything we see and we touch, by faith we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's word, at His command, at His rhema, is the Greek word, this Greek word rhema. At His word, the whole universe was formed, that now what we see, that what we now see did not come from anything that can be seen. In other words, God who we don't see with our eyes spoke the word that we can't touch or feel and his word created 
everything that we see and we touch right now. Some people do gymnastics with Genesis chapter 1. They want it, want it to fit into with evolution and et cetera, et cetera. But I just believe the Word of God. God spoke and it came out to be. Six days, the earth was created. On the seventh, He rested. And you know, just like God created this world that we now inhabit right now today, God is still speaking. God is still creating. So God speaks a word over your life and He's creating a future for you, a destiny that you step into. When we receive the word of God, there's faith in our hearts and, and God's word literally creates circumstances, miracles and situations, a new life that we then inhabit through the power of His word. And so by faith we see the power of of God's Word. And so if you want to see the miraculous power of God, we've got to learn to listen to the Word of God. Listen to what God wants to speak to us. And so just a few quick ways. How, how do we listen? Well, there's one particular key. There's a few keys, but one, the first key in terms of how we listen is what we need to do is to surrender our agenda. Surrender our agendas. So we all have agendas. We all have our plans, our will, our ways. I want this to happen. There's nothing wrong with having desires. A lot of them are God-given. Some of them maybe not. But what we need to do, if you want to listen, we need to surrender it in our agenda. Now, have you ever been talking to someone and you realize they might be hearing you, but they're not listening to you? They're hearing noise come out of your mouth, but they're kind of like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, giving you the, you know, you know, the random nod. But you know they're not actually listening to you. They're just waiting for their chance to tell you what they think. And we can be a lot like that with God. We're like, okay, God, I'm going to tell you what my plans for my life are for my life. Can you just bless my plans for my life? I've got my plans. I submit it to, to heaven. You can just read it. And yeah, just bless my plans. Thank you, God. Thank you very much. Thanks. Good prayer time. Amen. <laughs> and we're going, God, why aren't you blessing my plans? Well, it's because of this. God is not going to bless your agenda. I'm sorry to burst a few egos here. The blessing comes when we surrender our agenda and we go, all right, God, I'm going to align myself with your plans and your desires. And that is where you see the miraculous power of God. That's when you're actually going to hear what God wants to speak to you through the Word of God. There's no point going to the Word of God if you don't surrender your agenda first. God, I surrender my agenda to you. I want to listen to you. And can I just say that God's will for you, Romans 12 verse 2, God's will for you is good it is pleasing, it is perfect. God's will, God's desire, His plans for your life are so much better than the best plans that you can organize yourself, than you can invent or craft yourself. When you surrender to God's agenda and His plans for your life, you have true life. You, become, you begin to discover the true destiny and purpose that God has uniquely crafted and created you for. When you surrender Him, there is nothing better. And so tonight, some of you need to make one very important decision, and that is a decision to go, God, I surrender my agenda. Like, for real. I'm not just talking about in a song, yeah, surrender, oh, and then we go home. It's, I surrender my future. I surrender what I'm going to study. I'm going to surrender my career. I'm going to surrender my plans. I'm going to surrender what I'm going to buy. I'm going to surrender what I'm going to live. I'm going to surrender my ambitions. I'm going to surrender who I'm going to date who I'm going to marry, I surrender what I'm going to do with my finance, what I'm going to do with my time, what I'm going to look at, what I'm going to feed on, what I'm going to, I surrender my agenda. And when you do that, that is the secret to power. That one move will change your life forever and you'll be truly fulfilled. Surrender. And tonight, some of you need to just simply do that. Okay, God, I give up. 
I surrender is the, be- is the best chess move you can make in your life. I've been playing a lot of chess lately. I've been losing a few games. <laughs> but the best move you can make, the best strategic life you can make is to surrender to God. And so how can you hear God surrender your agenda? Next thing is really simple, just read your Bible. Read the Bible. Read the Bible. See, the Word of God came to Zechariah through an angel, right? And all throughout the Bible, we see God using angels as messengers to bring, deliver the Word of God for people in that season. God still speaks to people through angels. Today, God uses angels in visions, in dreams. Um, I don't know, there might, might be people here in this room who've been spoken to by an angel. I haven't yet. I'd love to one day. However, the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible. It's through the Bible. And so if you want to hear the voice of God, we need to be reading the Bible. We need to be reading God's Word. See, Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, Faith faith comes from hearing and hearing through the Word of Christ, the rhema of Christ. If you want to listen to God speak to you, to hear the rhema, what is the rhema? See, there's two types of Bible, of, of Word. There's the logos, there's the written Word, there's the Bible, there's the paper, right? There's the, is the Bible, every single word is called the Logos, the written word of God. But then what God will do is cause sections of the Logos word of God to jump off, off the page. It'll quicken to something to you and God's going to highlight it with his spiritual highlighter and bang, God will speak a word to your heart. It's called the Rhema word. A Rhema word is commonly used in the New Testament for the Lord speaking his dynamic living word in a believer to in-birth faith. So God wants to deposit faith in your heart as we read the written word, then God brings his word alive in us. And there's been so many times that I've been reading the Bible and bang, a bit gets out of me, jumps out of me. And God wants to give me direction for me to inhabit. Words of comfort, words of strength, words of correction, words directly related to my circumstance and it builds faith in my life. And so some of us today wonder why we don't discover the gold nuggets, right? We don't discover the gold. And it's because we're not taking the time to dig up the ground. If you want to discover gold, go to the gold fields. You need to dig up a lot of ground to dig up the gold, to find the gold. What we need to do is dig up, dig into the Word of God, digging into the ground of the Word of God so the Holy Spirit can show us the nuggets of gold. You need to read the paper to hear the rhema. How do you like that? Read the paper to hear the rhema. You knew a rhyme would be coming soon, didn't you? Hey? Read the paper. Personally, I prefer to scroll. Read the scroll. You know, scroll. Read the scroll. Um, and so, who's got a physical Bible here? Who's the real spiritual people in the room? All right. There you go. Abraham, Michael. Look at the heavies over here. Uh, for me, the real Christians, for me, I prefer to read my scroll, just to scroll my way through. is good. So, you need to be willing to do the hard work of digging up the ground to discover the gold. And can I just encourage you? We've got, a, as a church, we've got a Bible reading plan called Devoted. Um, and, and can I just encourage you to get on it? If you belong to Ocean's Church, if you've got other Bible reading plans, fine, but make this number one. Make this number one. This is the one that God is speaking to our church through. Get on Devoted Bible Reading Plan. You can see the link behind the screen. I've actually gone to that link and downloaded the PDF. So I can, as I'm reading my scroll, then I can just go to that. Um, there we've got physical copies of it that are going to be available after the service as well um, around the place, which would be excellent. But can I encourage you to do that? Um, so we need to surrender your agenda, read your Bible, um, I don't know, uh, due to time, I'm probably going to um, skip the next point. So I'm going to go straight to the next point, which is such a key. First, we need to listen, but then we need to actually respond. 
to what we hear as well. So it's one thing to listen, but the thing that causes the miracle is our response. See, how we respond to what we hear will determine whether the Word will produce miraculous life in us or not. See, Mary said this to Elizabeth. When Mary went and hung out with Elizabeth, this is what she said. She said to Elizabeth, you are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what He said. So Mary believed that the Lord would do what He said, and therefore she was blessed. The miracle of God was released in her life. So if you think about the Word of God like an embryo, we're going to get a little bit, uh, there's a lot of babies around the scene and, and things. And I remember back to when Jess and I first got pregnant or were trying to get pregnant for the first time and did a bit of research. And I discovered that there was something called a sperm and an egg. That's why we're having a bit of a health lesson here, uh, just for you single people out here. And so there's a sperm and, a, and an egg and they combine to produce new life called an embryo. And this thing has all the DNA, its gender is assigned at that moment, all of its DNA, all of the future DNA of that child is in, in that moment. The fullness of the potential of that life is, is, is written out in the DNA of the embryo right then. And this can represent the Word of God. It's like a seed. The, the, the Word of God is like a seed. You've got a full potential like an apple tree in, in a seed. The Word of God is, is bursting, full of life. It's got great potential. So you have an embryo, but there's also another, crit another critical thing that needs to happen, and that's called implantation. So that in order for the embryo to actually grow to be a baby, the embryo needs to have a successful implantation into the uterus where the baby's actually going to grow. And depending on the health of the uterus, not always, but um, more often than not, the health of the uterus will determine whether there's successful implantation or not. A healthy uterus would, will, will cause the embryo to successfully implant and then the baby is going to grow up into a fully formed baby, deliver a new life, amen. And so the uterus can represent our heart. And so you can have a fully formed embryo, the Word of God, full potential, entering into your heart, but you can have two people hearing the same word, some with an unhealthy, unbelieving uterus, spiritual uterus, getting a little bit, I uh, know, oh my goodness, um, <laughs> okay, think of it like a seed and ground. You have a seed, you have soil. They're, okay, some of us are just like breathing a bit easier now. Some of the guys over here that are getting engaged, you're like, I'm not ready for that yet. <laughs> and so you've got to see the full potential and it's the health of the soil that will determine whether that seed's going to flourish. Josh is just happy as well. And so, <laughs> but we have our part to play in having, okay, either this embryo is going to have successful implantation or it's going to be abort. It's going to go. It's going to pass through. One person encounters a miracle, the other doesn't, according to our response. So I'm just going to give us two quick keys in terms of how we can respond and have a healthy uh, soil. Okay, great. So going back to Luke chapter one verse twenty, this is what the angel said. Remember to Zechariah, he said, "But now, since you didn't believe what I said, you you will be silent, zip it, and unable to speak." until the miracle comes about, until the child is born. For my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. In other words, Gabriel is saying, zip it, shh. And there's a whole other bag of shh, where that came from. Shh, stop talking. So he didn't want Zechariah's unbelieving heart to begin to come out into his words 
to infect Elizabeth, just as the word of God was spoken, successful implantation. God, Gabriel did not want Zechariah to rob Elizabeth, to rob himself of the miracle that God had for him by his talk. He wanted us to zip it. Sometimes the best thing you can do if you're in a miracle is to zip it. Stop talking. Stop talking yourself out of a miracle. See, James chapter 3, 4 to 5, it says this. A small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, our tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. Your words will direct your life. Our words, our little words is like a little rudder. We're the pilot and the words we speak will determine the direction that we head in. Like a small rudder, despite the magnitude of the waves and the storms, will we'll make sure that the ship ends in the destination that the pilot intends to go. In the same way, the words you speak will literally direct your life. We need to watch our talk. If we want to inherit the miracles that God has for us, we need to watch our talk in our lives. People say that you need to walk the talk, but so often it's the other way around. Your talk affects the way that you walk. Your talk will affect the way and the direction that you walk in life. And so many people talk themselves into unbelief and rob themselves of the miracle that God has. Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and laughter and the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. If you speak death, you're going to eat lovely, juicy fruits of death. If you love life and speak life, you're going to eat the fruits of life. It's up to you. You're the pilot. You determine what you do with your tongue. You determine the direction that you're going to be heading in. If you think about going back in, we sung a song about Egypt and how we had the Israelites. They were in slavery in Egypt for hundreds of years. They thought that was their full stop. But God says, no, that's your pit stop. I'm rescuing you out of Egypt. I'm taking you through the desert. I'm bringing you into my promise. God spoke his promise into the promised land. They got right to the threshold of the promised land, about to enter in. So they sent the 12 spies in to suss out the land. They came, they said, the land is amazing. God's right, it's an amazing land. But 10 of them went, but. There's giants there and we're doomed and we're, gonna, and we're gonna be defeated by the giants. It's too much. And they began to, and Joshua and Caleb were like, Josh, stop talking. We're here on the threshold. We're out of Egypt. Just, Josh. But it was too late. They began doing this. Don't we love just doing this? Don't we love just doing this? Oh my goodness. All right. We just love doing it, don't we? We love, we love complaining and ruminating and this and that. And what happened is they robbed themselves out of the promise. God turned them back and they went back into the desert. Your talk will affect your walk. They were there for 40 years. They had version 2.0 where only Caleb and Joshua, the ones who talked faith, survived. The others died off. Okay, attempt number two. And what Joshua and Caleb did this time, Joshua 1 verse 10, Joshua then commanded, he was like, not again, people. Joshua then commanded the officers of Israel, go through the camp and tell the people to get their provisions ready. In three days, you will, you will, you will, we will cross the Jordan River and take possession of the land the Lord your God is giving you. He went and told the officers to infect people with faith rather than unbelief. And they crossed over into the Jordan and inherited everything that God has for them. Your talk will affect your walk. What you say has such power in your life. Some of us, we just need to stay silent about what God's saying. 
or be careful about what we're saying. Be aware of what we're saying about church, about each other, about what God's doing in your life, about friends. Take care of our walk. And then number two, I invite the band just to come up as well. And number two, what we need to do is we need to simply persevere. So God is going to speak to every single one of you. He has been speaking to every one of you. And as, as you go to read your Bible and, and, and start to dig up the Word of God, God is going to, he's going to start to speak to some of you more than you've ever heard. Maybe for some of you, for the first time in your life. You're going to be hearing God right now. As you come to church, as you honor the house of God, you're going to hear God. You know what I love about Zechariah and Elizabeth? Life did not turn out in the way that they thought and hoped it would. How much does that happen to us? Life doesn't turn out the way that we wanted it to go in so many areas. But what do they do? They continue to serve God at the temple. They continue to honor the house of God. And when they position themselves in the house of God, that is where the angel came and spoke to them. As you honor the house of God, too many people, because opportunities don't come fast enough because people are impatient, will withdraw from church and community. Some people, because of hardship in life, they withdraw from the church and community. Imagine if Zechariah and Elizabeth, Elizabeth had withdrawn themselves from the church. They would never have experienced the miracle had they stopped honoring the house of God because things didn't turn out in the way that they had hoped. So now can, I, can I just encourage you to honor the house of God? God? God speaks. It is a place that God moves. The house of God on Sundays, multiply, dinner parties, one-on-ones. It is the beautiful church of God that God wants to minister and to build up and see a miracle outworked in your life. And so finally, what we need to do is we need to persevere. I know, we don't like that word, do we? Persevere. We need to persevere. There's sometimes that we simply need to persevere to see the promise fulfilled. So remember the angel said in Luke chapter 120, he said, my words will certainly be fulfilled at the proper time. In God's time. Not in your time, not in my time, but in God's time. And when God fulfills His Word, it is powerful. Nothing can stop the Word of God. See, sometimes we need to give the seed time to germinate. Sometimes when you get pregnant, you've got the pregnancy test and there's a line there and you're like, wow, I'm pregnant. Not me, but Jess. (laughs) Amen. Come on. Let's, let's, let's be real for a moment. <laughs> and, and so there's a little red line there. It tells, it tells me that she's pregnant, but we can't see it. She doesn't feel it at that point. Although maybe, you know, there's a morning sickness sort of thing. But, but, but you don't see it. But it needs to be given time to germinate, to grow into the fullness of what God has deposited. And, and sometimes we, we, we rush things. But Jesus said that the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed. Things start really small. The mustard seed is a really small seed, but it grows to be the biggest of all garden plants. Sometimes a miracle happens instantly, but so often a miracle of God takes time to grow. Even the birth of John the Baptist, rather than bang, this fully grown man, you know, and even Jesus was conceived, started off tiny like a mustard seed, smaller than a mustard seed. A miracle of God in your life, don't despise it. Often it starts off as small, but it grows patient. Give it time. You don't want to start eating the fruit before it's ripened, but when it ripens, man, it is ready. And sometimes we just need to persevere. We need to keep pressing through. Hebrews 11 verse 1. It says, faith is the confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do 
not see. So next verse, Hebrews chapter 10, it says, So let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep His promise. So don't throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Can I say tonight, be confident again. Get back your confidence. Put your confidence back on God tonight. Remember the great reward it brings you, the greatest reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now. What you need now is patient endurance. Come on. Patient endurance so that, so that, and this is key, so that you will continue to do God's will. See, what the devil wants to do is to put unbelief in your life. It's not happening yet. Things haven't turned out the way I planned. It's not happening quick enough and my way isn't happening. And so you begin to throw away your confidence. You withdraw and you stop. You put down, you, you stop doing the will of God. And the enemy's like, yeah, I've stopped you from doing the will of God. That's the enemy's intent for you all along is to rob you. But God wants you to continue to do God's will. And then, and then, you will receive all that He's promised. You're going to see the fullness of that seed, the Word of God that's planted is going to grow and it's going to mature and you're going to receive the fullness of what God has for you. So don't despise the day of small beginnings. God loves to see the beginning. He loves to see His error bubble with the, the plumb line in His hand. He loves to see you. Go, God, I trust you. God, I trust you. I don't see it yet, Lord, but I believe it in my heart. I don't even feel it, God. But I have faith in you, Lord, that you are good. You spoke this. I'm holding on to your word and believing it's going to grow. It's going to mature. I'm going to see a miracle come about because you are turning what I thought was a full stop into a pit stop. God is working at a miracle in my life. Keep seeking God's kingdom first. Keep your integrity at work. Keep honoring the house of God. Keep speaking well. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep going after God. Stop doing those things that you know that God doesn't want you to do. Align your life with God. You're going to be blessed beyond what you can imagine. Come on. Come on. Let's give God a round of applause. That's right. We can see the noise in this place. <laughs> and so, so I think if I could just boil it right down to two things, just two key words. One, just don't give up. Just keep going. Keep doing God's will. Be patient. Don't give up. But, but the real key that I feel like God is saying tonight is God is looking for you to, to, to surrender. Tonight, if there's anything that I could say tonight, it's to surrender. God, I surrender my will, my agenda, my life to you. It's an act of faith. Because what it says is this, God, I believe that you're good. Because sometimes we think, well, I, I know better. I care about myself more than you do. It's a protective thing. It's a guarding thing not to surrender. But actually, it's an act of faith and trust in the goodness of God. God is a loving, loving Father. And it takes faith for you to go, God, I surrender to you. I let go of my agenda and my lists and my ideas and I give them to you. God is so good. He's so good to you. And so why don't we just stand here tonight together. And I remember, you, you've heard me talk about this many times before, but I'm, I'm mentioning this story because it's just a really potent example of surrender. I was in my uh, mid-twenties as a young adult looking for a wife and I couldn't find a wife anywhere despite all the churches in Perth and, you know, two million people in Albany and couldn't find anyone. And then, you know, while I was on the hunt, had a few false starts and things weren't quite working in the way that I intended it to. Um, life had not turned out how I intended. But then God called me to move to Albany. 
30,000 people. My chances lessened a lot at that point. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, I can't move to Albany. But then honestly, I thought, God, I trust in you. You are good. I'm sur- I surrender to your agenda. I'm putting you first. I've tried to work it out on my own. It hasn't worked before. But when I moved to Albany, Jess, my wife now, moved down to Albany a week after I did. We rekindled our friendship from school. We got engaged, married, we've got kids now. And she is phenomenal. And I love her so much. And I can't wait to head back to Albany and to be with her again. You know what? When you surrender, you give God room to move in your life. But before you surrender, it's up to you to work it out. But man, it is fun giving God to room, God the room to work in your life on your behalf, to open doors that you could never open on your own. And so we're actually going to go back and we're going to sing this song. Um, and as we sing this song, I'm going to pray in just a moment, but as we sing this song, I just want to invite you, if you like, just to come to the front as an, as an outward sign of, God, I surrender. I surrender my agenda to you, God. I want to, I, I'm, I'm over me trying to carve out my own way. God, I want to see your power at work in my life in whatever area it is. What, maybe there's a full stop area in your life and you're like, you believe the lie that you're going to remain in this place forever. But we believe as, as you make the choice to surrender, you're going to see the power of God at work in your life. And we're going to have a team here that's going to be praying for you and with you, believing for a breakthrough. But before I do that, I'm just going to pray. Maybe you want to lift your hands right now as an outward sign of saying, God, I surrender. Why don't you say with me, Lord, I surrender my agenda. God, I surrender my future plans. I surrender my finance, God. I surrender my relationships. I surrender my desires. I surrender my time. I surrender my will, Lord. I choose to put you first, to seek you first, to put your house first, Lord. And I thank you, Lord God, that as as people surrender in this place, Lord God, that you begin to release healing. You begin to open doors, Lord God. You begin, Lord Jesus, to do beyond what we could ever do on our own, Lord. And we say we surrender to you tonight. And as we do, we're going to see the power of God released in this place, Lord. We're not here to play games. We're here to encounter the living God. So let's sing tonight. And as you do, why don't you come to the forward, to the front and surrender to God afresh. Thank you for listening to the Oceans Church podcast. For more information, visit oceans.church.